Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Bless the Lord, that's right. He wasn't talking about me. There's something inside of all of us that's greater than me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We serve a great God, right? An awesome God. He's not the God of yesterday. He's the God of today. But I want to tell you today, I'm startled today that people think of him as the God of yesterday. And they pray that way. He was great. He was wonderful. He was this. He did that. I want to tell you, he's still the same. He never changes. He's still the almighty God. He's still our redeemer. He's still our healer. And he's still our best friend. If you ever need a friend, his name is Jesus. For real, I'm not talking about someone in the past that someone's told me about, but that's somebody that lives within my heart and within your heart. It's a privilege always to be with the Cassidy family. Always. It's always a privilege to be. I came here for 16 years straight up every year come to a summer fire a couple of years ago that stopped because of COVID but the last year we've talked and talked and I want to come and desperate to come and I don't travel as much as I used to but um, I'm here and my sister Faith is here my niece Lydia is here they drove up and Faith's come from Liverpool just to be for this weekend and and Lydia and Brent, that's my, ne- that's my uh, niece, and she married a tremendous Christian man. God answers prayer. God is faithful. My mom was saved. Her daughter was saved. Her granddaughter was saved. And her husband is saved. I'm telling you, he is a God that answers prayer. You think you're the only one? Then you're in trouble. Then you're in trouble. No, sir. There's many like you that pray and believe God and see things happen greatly. I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna share testimony this morning. If I can get these pages open. My grandchildren say, Granddad, do you need help? Shut up, you little brute. You know you're in trouble when your grandkids want to help you. And the only one of the reason they want to help me is not because I feel sick or tired or whatever it is, because I've got the chocolates. <laughs> help us this morning, Father. Reveal you. Help us glorify and honor your amazing name. There's none like you in all the earth. Praise his mighty name. Help me, Lord, this morning. Help each one of us open up our hearts to receive from you, Lord, who you are, not who you were, but who you are and what you do in our lives today. You never change. I'm, I'm going to read uh, all of chapter 52, but I'm only going to use one verse. But I just it's an amazing picture of what Isaiah sees. Isn't it amazing? You know, when you've got your eyes on God, you see some things, don't you? 
Awake, put on, Isaiah 52, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Who's your strength this morning? Put on your strength this morning, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of, the ne- bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord, I like that bit, don't you? Thou shalt be redeemed without money. But thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to Sishon there, and the Assyrian oppressed and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore what have I what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people has taken away for naught, they that rule over them, to make them howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Therefore my people shall know my name. There they shall know that in that day I am he that speak does speak, behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of, of good, that publisheth salvation, that, that, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. He talking about Jesus. Thy watchmen shall lift up the voice, with the voice together they shall sing, for they shall see eye to eye, and the Lord shall bring again Zion. That's you and me. Break forth into joy. Sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He hath redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord hath made bare his holy arms in the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. Depart ye, depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. For ye shall not go out with haste. Nor go, nor go by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel be your re- reward. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled very high. And then he changes theme. All, and as many was a stony that day, his visage was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut up their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them, they shall see. And that which they had not heard, they shall consider. I mean, amazing, isn't it? How God has a man out of a woman to reveal the Son of God. It really is. It's not just then. It's now. It is now. And the thing that's Sticks out to me. I didn't realize it was Mother's Day today. But I'm going to be talking about mothers. <laughs> Amen. Not, not accidentally, just God's plan. You know, he calls him Jesus, the astonishing one. He, said, he sees him now. He sees him as the king of glory. He sees him as the redeemer. He sees him as everything that God is then and is now. And then he sees him as the astonished one. He's astonished by him. He's astonished by everything Jesus did. But he sees the astonished one bloodied and battered and bruised beyond recognition. His whole form, his whole body. He sees him as that. He sees him as everything. But he sees him as that. And I want to tell you something. That's what I call this message this morning. The astonishing one. He was the astonishment 
And one is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's astonishing. Everything he does, he's astonishing. And, and uh, Isaiah saw him as the astonishing one, the, the astonished one, the, aston- the astonishing Christ. Now I'll tell you this morning, I see him the same as I did 40 years ago, as the astonishing Christ. Not was, but is. We need to know that this morning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He was astonishing in conception. Come on now. The angel of the Lord came to a virgin. Told her she was going to have a son. He would be great. I love that one. He will be great. He was great then. He was great now. Come on. And he will be great. He's always great. He's the great I am. Come on. And he will be great. She goes on to say to him, how this shall happen? And the Holy Spirit said, and the Holy Angel said to her, the power of the Most High shall come upon thee, and thou shalt bear a son. Come on now. Come on now. Astonishing, isn't it? Come on. Who can limit God this morning? I want you to listen this morning to this simple man. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There's nothing he doesn't know about you, and there's nothing he doesn't want to do for you. Come on now. He really is. That's who he is. He's astonishing. He loved the like of you and me. Come on now. That's astonishing. You look in the middle of yourself and you see what you see. He looks at you and me and he sees what he wants to see. The finished work of God. Come on now. He's astonishing, isn't it? The way he looks at us. The way he sees us. I'm his son. Come on now. I'm a son of the living God. I've been born of his spirit, washed in his blood. I'm a new creation through Christ. That's a star. How can this be? They asked him. Come on now. The power of the most high shall come upon you. You're not born by words. You're born by the spirit of the living God. Born again to be a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. All things pass away and all things become new. The vision is enlarged. You're no longer dead in the box. You no longer see nothing, but you see everything. That he wants you to be, now he wants you to do, and who he is, and your dependency because of what you read and what you see about him, what he's done for you becomes greater and greater. Your vision is enlarged, and your purposes are incredible. It's astonishing, astonishing in conception, astonishing at birth. Come on now, come on, the shepherds are in the fields, we're at work, and all of a sudden. The angel of the Lord comes and stops us dead and tells us there's a son. The son of God has been born in a field just down the road. Come on, let's just... And as they begin to mop, think about these things, so all of a sudden the holy host of God and in the heavens and they're shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you'll find him in a, you'll find him in a stable. Come on. Astonishing. He's astonishing in doctrine. Come on there, says they were astonished at his doctrine. His mom and dad had lost him. He was in the road, he was talking to these doctors and scribes. And when they listened to him, they were astonished at his understanding and his learning. Come on now, just a boy. He wasn't just a boy. He was the beginning and the end. The almighty God. Come on, let's looking at a boy. If you're looking at a boy, you're a fool. He's never, he's been a boy in that human form, but he's never been a boy. He's the beginning and the end. He has the, the mind he has today, he had then. Yes, sir. The love he had then, he has now. Never been a boy in that sense. But the Almighty God, come on now. Astonishing 
and conception and astonishing birth, astonishing and doctrine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, no man can come before the Father but through me. Come on now. Oh, they're looking at him saying, who is this guy? Isaiah saw him before he was born. Who is he? He's the son of the living God. Come on now. Astonishing in love. Astonishing in kindness. Come on now. Astonishing. He's invited to a wedding. They've got no wine there, nothing. The wine runs out. The poor old bridegroom is embarrassed. And the people round about think, what kind of a do is this anyway? And Jesus said, just pour that water into them buckets, will you? And he stick it in them buckets and they bring that wine out. And the guy says, man, that's, this fella is smart, not Jesus. He saved the best wine to the last. <laughs> there was none a minute ago. You can imagine them disciples. <laughs> For real. This is not frivolous. This is the way I see Jesus. He's the same yesterday. Astonishing. He's on an errand and he's going down to Jerusalem. And he's walking through the night. Comes to a well and he sits there. And he waits, tired, without food. But he's not there for him. He's there for the broken heart. A woman comes, you know the story. And he astonishes her by saying, but if you ask of me to drink, I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. She said, evermore, evermore, give me this water. Come on, that I never thirst again. Come on now, that's you now. I want more. Give me more. Give me more of Jesus. That I long not for the things of this world. He was talking about that worldly well and this well. The well of life. Spring up, oh well. If I could sing, I'd be dangerous. It's an amazing gospel, isn't it? It's astonishing in deliverance. So astonishing. She ran down into town and told everybody. He knows everything about me. Nobody could stare their heart like Jesus. Come on, nobody's had set her free. She's no longer embarrassed or ashamed. She's free. Hallelujah. So much so that they all made the way to him. And they said, listen to this. They said to her, We've come not because of her, but we've come because of you. And what you say to us, we're here for you. Not for the woman. We love you. Come on now. We want to be with you. And for two days, he spent two days with Samaritans. Astonishing. Astonishing and healing. Jairus. Men broken inside. If you have a sick child, someone's, she's sick. She's almost at the point of dying. Jairus makes his way and finds Jesus. He brings him back to his house. And on the way there, he says, he's too late. She's dead. He, Jesus said, I'm never too late. He said, she ain't dead. She's just sleeping. But she's dead. No, she's sleeping. I was dead, but now I'm alive again. Oh, 
I was, I was just sleeping. And it, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> Come on now. Told you there wasn't the conventional preacher. And talk about life. He shoes them all out, gets into the house, arise. Come on now. And the Bible says they were astonished with astonishment. They were so astonished. They were astonished. He was astonishing in life. But as I said, he was astonishing at death. He was beaten and marred beyond recognition. Astonishing in death and astonishing in resurrection. When I come to know the Lord, I've never seen the crucified Christ. I saw the resurrected Christ. As he was and as he is today. The resurrected Christ. He's astonishing. He never changes. And we reveal that as we live our lives. He never changes. He's the same. He's merciful. He's astonishing in mercy. He's astonishing in grace. He is astonishing in grace. He is grace, you see. He is grace. My mom. a young child grew up very rough one of nine brothers and sisters always sick always taking care of a sick mom didn't have a life as a child one day she went to work in a factory a tobacco factory and the lady asked her she said why are you so sad you're 12 why are you so sad and the lady sang a song to her preached to her and told about the love of Jesus. She went on to, my mom went on to have nine children in poverty. And great sorrow. Nothing. Met my dad and thought life would change, but life went worse. But then one day she found herself pregnant. She didn't want to be pregnant anymore. Decided she'd take that baby's life. Did the old things that the women used to do and then drink the gin, drink the wine. Went to the doctor a couple of months later. Said, you're pregnant and everything's going well. But while she was in the doctor's office, she read a book, a worldly book. And the middle pages were, The Night Christ Died. I forget the title, but she read this book. And she read it, and every week she would read a portion of this book. And one night, she lay in the bed. Jesus revealed himself to her. She cried out to God, I believe you can make, if you can make a silk purse out of a house here, you can make me a lady. I come home from school a few days later. And she's crying at the doorstep. She would normally be crying because of what's happened in her life. And she was crying, but she was crying different tears. 
She said, I've given my life to Jesus. And I said, you give your life to who? <laughs> For real. You know, if you've never met him, you'll never know him. If you don't know him, you don't know he exists. So she said, I met with Jesus. And she told me things were going to change. How can this be? It's astonishing, isn't it? How in one second he can affect the mind forever. He can affect the mind forever. It's instant death. When a man receives the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't matter who he is, believes in his heart, that Christ died for him. Instantly there's a change takes place in my heart. Instantly. Hope. Hope is the change. For without him there's no hope. Isn't he astonishing that he puts hope in the hearts of multitudes every day? Come on now. Isn't it more astonishing that one day he's coming back for them same people? It's astonishing. I'm no priest. I'm no miracle worker. I'm a man saved by grace. My mom began to pray for us. Pray for me. It's amazing. I was always in trouble with the cops all the time. She didn't know that, but I was. I was stealing, doing things that I shouldn't do. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> She's well and truly saved. And uh, she gets cancer. It's astonishing her healing. And she goes into the hospital to have the regime treatment and all that stuff. In the meantime, I have a son, Peter, 17. I'm in jail. I'm in Boston doing a 62 months, 62 year sentence, six months, two year sentence, and I did, which I did 16 months. While I'm in there, I get a letter from my dad. Your mum's dying. I went to the warden and I showed him the letter. And he said, if she dies, you can go to the funeral. That night I escaped. I made my way to Liverpool, 100 miles away. I got there raggedy and filthy and dirty. But unknown to me, my mom, I've been told by the doctors that she wasn't going to live very long. And that, um, during that time, he'd give her four months to live. But during that time, she got pregnant. And she went back to the doctor and she told him she was pregnant and he, the doctor used some terms that she's not used to and said, you're crazy. She said, I want you to examine me. She examined and found she was four months pregnant the same time she was having that raging treatment. Come on now. Down itself is a doggone miracle. Come on now. Life where there's death. And now gets out. And sure enough, it gets to the hospital. She ain't, no, no, she ain't in no grave. She's in the maternity ward. <laughs> October 1962. My sister Faith was born. She's 60 today, this year, today she's with me. He's astonishing. But I was... Astonishing, I was in and out of prison as a young man. 
in total darkness and even hated the life that I lived. But the constant or the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want to tell you there's something about prayer, especially from a woman. A woman finds a husband and she finds disappointment. She finds a savior, the man that she's been looking for all her life. And nothing can compare to him. I'm telling you the truth. My man, the moment she met him, became a prayer warrior. No, she began a conversation with Jesus. And all her life, my mum would be praying and praying and casting out demons and praying, reading the Bible and casting out demons. And all the time, God was prospering her. She had nothing. My dad never increased any wages from four pounds a week to up there, no. But God would meet her needs all the time. All the time. I want to tell you, a man came to the hospital one time. My dad came to the hospital when she was born. No, this is when mother's sister was born, Christine. She just got saved, my mom. She had Christine. And what she did was, um, he brought this uh, pair of pajamas. To, uh, I forget what this, jumpsuits, yellow and a, a pink one. And my dad gave them to her and she said, I can't do that. She burned them. She had a burnt sacrifice, she said. She, she put them on that child. She's got nothing, but she's got a friend that she loves. His name is Jesus. She put them on the fire. A few days later, a man knocks on the door. And before, the, before all this, she'd been praying. My sister, Robina, called Bobby, had come to her and said, Mom, I need some dancing shoes. I'm going to be canvas dancing shoes. I'm going to be in the school team. In the dancing, my mum didn't have the two and sixpence to buy it. But a few days after she bent them clothes, there was a knock on the door. The man was in the car. And in that car was trousers, shirts, pullovers, jumpers, everything all of her children needed. Come on now. He's astonishing. You don't think he knows you, then you're a fool. He knows you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows everything about you. Come on, he's astonishing. He knows the color of my neighbor's hair. Come on now. And he knows the color of mine. Great. I told you you change every day, don't you? And at the bottom of that box was one pair of green canvas dancing shoes. If that doesn't increase your faith, nothing will. But you know God provides everything when you're a Christian. It becomes our all-sufficiency. But also, he answers every prayer. He put that in your heart to think the way you think. It's not that carnal mind or the selfish mind. It gives you a heart to see what's happening round about. The brokenness all about. That's the way my mom seen things broken. She had the answer to everything. But she didn't have the answer in her heart to a wayward son. She would write me letters and tell me, son, unless you get right with Jesus, life will get worse. For 14 years she did that. Life will just get worse. And once she'd send me them letters, I'd read them, put them in the bin because I knew what they were going to say. 
and I'd just dump them. And I knew that censors at the prison would read them same letters and they would laugh. You need Jesus. Life is not going to get better, son. It'll get worse. One day you'll find yourself in the last eternity. But you could, and she'd write that all the time. It used to drive me nuts. For real. It would, it would annoy me. She would never talk about Everton. Never tell me she missed me. Just continue it all the time. Then one day, one day, 1976, 14 years later, he revealed himself to me. Not as the crucified son of God, but as the living redeemer. The living redeemer. And I was astonished that he could speak to my heart. That he could speak right out of the blue. I wasn't thinking about nothing. But right out of the blue he came and said, I'm not a figment of your mother's imagination. I'm the Christ that died for you. Didn't need no persuasion. He revealed himself to me just like that. And I received Christ as my savior. I knelt down in the kitchen, put my hands in the air, and I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wrote to my mum the next day. I said, why didn't you tell me what he was like? <laughs> I really did. Why didn't you? You know, nobody can tell you what he's like. You, you have to know him. You have to see him. And I began to read that book in that prison. And I began to see him. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I wasn't looking at the crucified son of God or the soon and coming king. I was looking at the God that was and is forevermore. I was looking at him right there and then. Astonishing. I could see him just like Isaiah saw him. Through the word of God, merciful, gracious, loving, kind, long-suffering. Everything that he was. Everything that he did for that human heart. You know, come on, that's astonishing. Even the thief on the cross, he gave him mercy that day. Come on now, the very thief, he's dying in this place. Come on, he gave his life for on that cross at that day. Amazing. And you begin to see them things, not as he was, but as he is. The almighty son of God. What he went through. But the promises of God. Come on now. It's the promises of God that keep us alive. It's the promise of God that makes us love him. Come on now. Because he never fails in his promise. Come on now. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Everyone in this room today, if you walk with God, he'll never leave you. And nobody will understand you more than him. And nobody will answer your questions more than him. Come on now. Paul said he didn't need counselors. He found the answer to everything. I didn't get this from it from men. I got this from God himself. This is revelation to my soul. He'll reveal himself to you like nobody can. My mom could tell me for 15, 16 years she'd met a friend. But it didn't mean no difference to me till I met him. Till I met him. And right there in that prison he became my God, my Savior, my Lord. And I would talk to him every day. I didn't need someone to tell me how to pray. Come on now. If Nick was to give me a present today, I'd say thank you. He gave me life. It'll draw you to him. It's automatic. Thank you, Lord. And all of a sudden, like, you realize you were dead in sin. You couldn't escape that sin. I'd come out of prison all the time and I'd say, I'm never going back. Two days later, I'm on my way again. Come on up. For what purpose? Total darkness. But now, instantly walking in the light. 
being in that prison was the greatest place I'd ever been in my life. Because every day I would read my Bible. I understood very little, but I saw who he was. I saw who he was and what he was to me. I couldn't wait when we finished work at whatever time it was, two o'clock in the afternoon, to get back to my cell, kneel down on my knees, read my Bible and pray. And I didn't know I was making a noise. Come on now. I'd be shouting for everybody in that wing. I'd be shouting for everybody in my home. I, I really would. I'd just wake up like that. You know, my mind has been transformed. My life has been transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm, re well, I'm not reading the Bible. I'm seeing him. Come on, I'm seeing him. And I'm hearing from the heart of God for me. He exposed himself to me in a mighty way. And now, guess what? I want to tell everybody about him. But I haven't got a clue how. How do I tell him? I've only just met him. But within a couple of days, I was saying, Alfie, you know Jesus died for you. Charlie, you know Jesus died. Are you off your rocket? The Roman Catholic priest came to me one day. And he said to me, what are you doing running around the prison telling everybody about Jesus? I said, I'm not, sir. They're coming to me. And he said, that's my job. I said, you're not doing a very good one. <laughs> but I wasn't being facetious. I said, you've never come to my cell. You've never revealed the nature of Christ to me. You've never had compassion with me. You've never done those things. If you're doing a good job, you're not you're doing a job. You're not doing a very good one. Four weeks later, I need a church. Our cell was seven in that cell. Not sleeping there, but we'd pray in that cell. There were seven of us, ten on a Saturday morning. We were squished. And I want to tell you, you don't notice who you are, but others do. We were in our cell praying. There was, I think there was ten or seven this Saturday morning. And the guards come. And uh, we, we had the door locked. And we had the, the little spy hole blocked off. Because we were all praying. And they bust the door open. There we were praying on the floor. <laughs> and the, the guard, one of the guards goes, he says, hey, these are for real. I read his letters. Writing home to my mom, mom. I told somebody about this. I told somebody about that. Mom, I said, it's an amazing gospel. And right to her, like that one day I wrote, Dad, I know me and you never got on. And I know you weren't a liar and a thief like me. But you still need Jesus. One year later, my dad was saved. And my man began a marriage all over again. I want to tell you, he's an astonishing Christ. I asked my dad one time years later, I said, what was it like, Dad? And he said, it's like being on my honeymoon. There's not a need that he doesn't see. And there's not a need, if you believe, that he can't fulfill. My mum hadn't a clue, or my dad would have a clue what I would be. But I come out of that prison, there was 33 of us saved. I come out of that place, I looked for a job because I knew that was the right thing to do. Pressure? Come on now. What pressure? No, for real, what pressure? Would you rather walk in the pressure or walk with Jesus? You can't walk in them both at the same time. The pressure is about... 
I need a job. My friends are knocking at the door. First thing, I'm only at home half an hour, but I'm wonderfully saved. First thing he said, Tony, and my mum used to call him Pontius Pilate. He, he knocked on the door and he just said to me, uh, are you going? The last time I was out, we were out four days and back in. Now he's here, let's go for a few. I've got, we've got money. And I said, I ain't going nowhere. I did resistance, not of myself, but of the Holy Spirit. I ain't taking him into no bar. Ten you. I'm not going there. What's happened to you? And this is what they said. I hear you don't smoke no more. I smoked 80 cigarettes a day. And just before I got saved, in the plan of God, I believe this was, I was playing soccer in the prison team. It was freezing, absolutely freezing cold. And I got real sick and I went back to my cell. And I vomited up black coke off my chest, tobacco. And I said, I'm never going to smoke again. 80 a day. Three days later, 45 years later, come on now, them guys knocking on the door, got no money, looking for a job, every day, where have you been working the last 10 years, for the government, for their majesty, <laughs> we'll call you. Don't be disappointed with the call you. Yeah. I have a plan for you. Yeah. The steps of a righteous man are done by the Lord. Yeah. As many as are the sons of God, listen to these words, they are led by the Spirit of God. Why should we fear? If I have nothing, if he's taken me back into the jail, why should I fear? Come on now, because I'm free. I'm free. We, 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 we put ourselves in chains sometimes. Because we don't see him as he is, always as he was. But he is the Almighty. No idea, I got a job, cleaned windows. Went into a church one night, big, big tent meeting. I was disappointed with church. It was, they talked about each other every day. I mean, it was just miserable. And I said to my mom after three weeks, I'm not going back there no more. I knew that it must have been like a knife to her throat. But I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to. I'm not going to church, but I'm going to stay on my own. I'm going to just love the Lord on my own. Knock on the door. I've got a tent meeting tonight. I want you to come. I said, I'm not going. be the last time I asked you to come. It's the worst culprit. He took me to this tent meeting. Guess what? Oh, boy. It was like being back in that cell. They were praising God, lifting up the name of the Lord. And I'll find myself dancing. The preacher comes on. He's speaking in tongues. And then he preaches the message. It was everything I needed. It was everything I needed. I was in that meeting for such a time as this. I didn't know that and you don't know. But he's astonishing. He knows what you have need of. The friends around the corner that he has waiting to embrace you. I fell in love with them and I married one of them. She's my wife 44 years later. Come on now. He gave me a smart, educated girl because I needed somebody like that. That was disciplined. 
that was real. We walked together for 40 something years and it wasn't easy for her. I had to learn from her manners, kindness, gentleness, consideration for others, all those things that were never there, I learned from her. I used to sing to her every night. I was a country and western fan. <laughs> I used to sing the Georgie Jones song. Walk through this world with me, go where I go. Walk through this, and it goes, I forget it now. In life we searched and some of us find. I've looked for you. <laughs> Boy, I'd sing that to her nearly every night. And about five years later, she said, I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> but you could say it then. Growth is not always seen, but it's there. Flower doesn't spring up all of a sudden, golden blue or brown or pink. It's green underneath. All of a sudden that life begins to flow, ends up in the prisons of America. And I must tell you this one story. He's astonishing. Nick, if I could say anything to you today personally, we better let them know. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. That means through valleys, over mountains, through the streams, through the deserts. It's all of it. But he goes before us. That is the covenant Christ. That is him. He goes before us. He's done it all for us. And he's made the path. I'm looking back, but I can tell you the best is yet to be. The very best is yet to be because he'll never cease to be the astonishing Christ. He'll never cease to be. He's the beginning, the end, the alpha, and the omega. He's that all in all. But I was invited to come to go to America and go on TV and to the prisons, and I wanted to do that bad. But how do we get there without a visa? And how do we get a visa without applying for one? So I went to the embassy, we were living in Scotland, then went to the embassy in, in Edinburgh, told them I wanted, wanted a, a visa to go to America. So she gave me a form to fill in, I filled it in, and then it said at the bottom, any convictions? I just put yes. She said, how many? I said, 13. <laughs> she said, could you tell me them all? I said, no, ma'am, I can't. She said, well, you have to write to the Crown, get all the affidavits of your case history, and then we'll look at it then. Went back and my wife said, do it. I said, I'm messing with that. She said, do it. So we wrote to the Crown. Four days later, telephone call. Mr. Pete Spackman, yes, sir. We can't find any trace of any criminal history of yours. I didn't write the script. I said, I didn't write the script, and neither did Isaiah. Come on now. In the beginning was the word. He wrote the script. He knows where I'm going, and he knows how to get me there. He knows where you're going. He knows who you are, and he knows how to get you there. And I can tell you beyond what reason, the best is yet to be. 
And since that day when they left, I ended up in the prisons of Alabama. And for the next seven years, I spent ten, seven days a week, ten hours a day, walking them yards. I was different from everybody else. I wasn't the priest. I wasn't the Assemblies of God pastor. No, sir. I was Pete Spackman, ex-con, walking the yards every single day. I was the first man ever to do that in Alabama. I want to tell you, he'd make a way where there's no way. He was the first man. I just following him. He lives and dwells in prisons and places and dark places to reveal himself to you and I. Come on now. He walks with us. He said, I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. I'll walk among you every day. Come on now. I want you to understand this morning. It's not just the testimony of Pete Spackman. It's the testimony of the living God. Come on now. It's his testimony that he come not to condemn the world, but through him we might be saved. Come on now. Never brought condemnation. He brought life on that cross. Isaiah saw him as beaten and battered for you and me. It was not a waste of time concerning me. He loves me. I love him. And he's a plan yet for my life. All them years in the prisons of Alabama preaching the gospel. Suddenly I'm in Russia. Come on now. Four years in and out of Russia, in the darkest prisons you've ever known. And I never, ever thought it was special. I just loved who I was in the Lord. Going in prisons full of confidence in God. I didn't have any script. i just go in, tell them Christ died for them, preach. They would bring them by the thousands and had stand in them freezing prisons and preach Christ and them crucified. Four years in the Peruvian prisons. In, in South America, same thing, mass murderers, rapists, preaching the gospel. I want to tell you something. There's no one lesser than you. There's no one greater. There's only one. His name is Jesus. Preach that gospel. Watch one man, 200 people have been responsible for their lives. Kill them. Working with the government in the jungle. Bad man. But I watched him one day get filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on now. He's still walking with God today, 20 years later. Still in the prisons. Walking with God. I want to tell you, it's not a, it's not a good man. It's not a good mom. It's a good gospel. Oh, my mom. Oh, mom. I hope she's watching. I just hope she's watching. Because you know my grandkids walk with my grandkids walk with God. Hallelujah. My sister Faithy gave her heart to the Lord about six years ago, the miracle baby. Six years ago. And to hear that now, you never know what you've been. He washes whiter than the snow. It's not just a song. He washes whiter than the snow. Come on. You might look at the mirror and see who you really are. But then you see that scrubbing brush. Dealing with that every single day. Come on now. He watches. Well, that sanctification is a daily thing with Jesus. Cleansing and washing every day. I've never met the perfect man. I have. That's what they say. I've never met the perfect man. I have. And that same spirit that's in him is in me. There's no goodness in me. No grace to me. How do you know them? By the love, one for another. <laughs> Come on now. And may now, at the prisons in Russia, prisons in Peru, it never ends. We raise them babies up from 
out of prison, day old, and they're all like in their 20s now. They're men now. Come on now. Their mums and dads never came from. They were rotten. They were born without hope. But he is the light of the world. Without hope. And now, come on, mums. The best is yet to be. I don't care how wet your hair is. How mad your husband is. It doesn't matter. What matters the most, he wants you for himself. He's a plan to love through you. To give you what he intended to give you at the very beginning. Life and life for your children. And a hope for your children. I've got a boy that I've raised. He's 16. Now guess where he is? In juvenile detention. Just for a while. Just for a while. I have no doubts in my mind. You know why I think that? Because I pray for him every day. I pray for him every day. I remember who I was. What I was to my mom. What I was to my dad. And I can pray quite easily. <laughs> when we look in the mirror and see who we were, we can't criticize nobody else. We can't look down at anybody else. No, sir. I'm glad he never looked down at me. No, in that sense, there's no condensation there. No, he looked at me as his beloved son of the future. We've raised them boys, and I'm telling you, you talk about hard work. I'd sooner be in a prison with 50 million gangsters. <laughs> Kidding. I've raised them boys. Alex getting married next month. He'd be 21. We've had him since he was born. Since he was born. We've got Fredria. Anne knows Fredria. She was born 18 years ago. She's a beautiful black shiny princess. She loves Jesus with all her heart. Come on now. I can tell you the best is yet to come. Don't give up. Put your trust in the astonishing one. What does that mean? What does it, how, how do you get astonished? By something you've never seen before. By something you never thought was possible. You never even to think about it. Astonishing. Come on. My friends would scratch their heads. 20 years later that I'd never touched the bottle. Come on now. That I'd never done the things that you scratched their head. You know what? Astonished. By the mercy and the grace of God. Father... We thank you this morning that you are the astonishing one. Hallelujah. Never let that leave us, Lord. Let us always be wrapped up in that who you are and not who we are, but who you are. Let you live and let you abide in our lives. Let you function as you desire to function by the Holy Ghost with power and authority. Lord, I pray this morning for all of us this morning. We totally identify as being born again of the Spirit of the living God. Lord God, that others will see the Christ in us, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray for this church, for the Church of Ireland, Lord, this morning. 
my God, that we'd come alive and we'd be able to express you like we've never done before by just believing in our hearts that what we ever so ask of you was formed by you, was instilled by you to pray this way. And praying in the Holy Ghost is from you, Lord. We'll learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. We'll see what you want us to see. Hallelujah, hallelujah for the broken-hearted mama in this place today, Lord. And whoever is listening and watching, I bring them before the throne of grace today. And I say, my God, my God, my God, reveal yourself. Bring them close to you. Let them see a picture of the astonishing Christ. Let them see you as you really are, not as you was, but as you are. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every mom, every papa in this place, for every broken down marriage. I pray you'll bring life to it, Lord. You are the answer to everything, Father. You, I believe that, Lord. I believe and know, Lord God, that you come not to condemn no man but to give him life, Lord. That woman at the well, it would have been easy for the well to condemn her. Hallelujah. But you said that own sin condemns her. Lord, but I, I know you never came to condemn her. You came to give life. It doesn't matter how black the picture, you brought life. You, you said that you are the light of the world. Bring light and life to thy head and lady today, Lord. Let us see you, Lord. And now let us suffer the pain and the emptiness and the, the gloom that she now lives in. Father, I pray for every husband in the place today that he'll find his right place in you, Father God that he'll find his place as being born of your spirit, loved by you, Lord. Oh, Father, cared for by you every day, led by you every day. Let him see and understand that today. It's not what I can do. It's not what we can do, but it's what you can do in us, Lord God. I live by that this morning for every human being in this place today, Lord. That will never be the same, including me, Lord. That these not just be words, but a matter of life, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray this morning, you'll awake our sleeping souls. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, 45 years later, you're still answering prayer. You still meet my every needs. You're still prophesying to me. You're still talking to me. Hallelujah. I pray again this morning, Father. Is there one in the house? Just one that wants to see you. Oh, Lord, I pray they'll bow before you today as the unknown king and rise from there as the mighty God. I pray this morning, Father, you'll touch the heart. If there's one of you in this, nobody's looking, I'm not looking. I never planned this today, but I know he came. Hallelujah. To raise the dead from the grave. To bring you out of darkness into this glorious light. And he will pursue you right until the end of time. But there's never been a better day than today. Than to surrender your, your doubt and your fears and your unbelief. Maybe you go to church but still full of unbelief. Just trust God. The first scripture I ever had read was trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In other words, don't put your trust in logic. Lean not to your own understanding. And I will lead and guide your paths. Come on now. There ain't a better word from God than that this morning. Put your trust in God. Would you, would you do that for yourself today? Not for me, but for yourself. Would you throw yourself at the mercy of God? 
and just cry, I believe. Help me in my own belief. Help me in my own belief. Help me see you as, as Isaiah did, as the preacher did. Help me see you as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And you know you're comfortable in the Lord. You walk with God. Pray with me. You may be the person you're sitting next door to that needs that touch from God. If there's one amongst you this morning and you were, I said you were, but you, I've offered you the way out through the Holy Spirit. Would you come right now and just raise your hands and say, that's me, Pastor Peter. That's me. I want to dispel all my unbelief, all my fears and all my doubts. I want to be what you've really called me to be. Come on now. I've got news for you. Everybody in the auditorium should have hands on. I want to be exactly what you want me to be. I want that, Lord. I know I'm not where I can be, but I'm going to be. Come on now. Because I depend not on me, but on him. He is my maker. He's my creator. He's my salvation. He forms me every day. Come on now. Everyone in this room should be saying today, I want to tell you, that's how mountains are moved. When we say, I'm never going to be satisfied with who I am, but I'm going to be satisfied with an unsatisfied satisfaction. Yes, sir. I know the best is yet to be. Father, I just know in my heart that you're ministering love and kindness and mercy and grace to each and every one of us today. I pray we'll respond to that within our hearts and say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Can you say that with me this morning? I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I say it with all your heart. I love you, Jesus. I love you. There's no sweeter words in his ear than that. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you love him this morning? Do you love him? Raise your hands and tell him you love him this morning. Hallelujah. Tell him you're thankful that you're never going to leave him, that he's never going to leave you. Praise his mighty name. The Lord is good. I pray this morning you've been blessed and enriched. I pray you see the astonishing one, not on the cross, but high and, high and lifted up. Will you see him this morning? In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.